We're back. Frank Rayiti, g'day mates. The uh, the In The Know Property Podcast, episode four we're up to, mate. Time flies when you're having fun. It does. Um, mate, still in lockdown in Sydney. The, the, the light at the end of the tunnel is almost here though. So, mate, we're, uh, we're almost out. First three episodes, mate, we, we, we've sort of, you know, dug into our sort of personal stories, the first episode. Um, we, we, we've, we've talked a lot about location and, and, you know, how we look at locations with SA3s and then down into the neighbourhoods and the streets of those um, SA3s and suburbs. Um, and, mate, I think, you know, probably the, 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 the next thing in line is, well, once you understand the locations and when you understand what, what makes up a good street in these areas and what makes up a good neighbourhood or pocket of these suburbs and, you know, understanding why they perform differently and why they can outperform other, other parts of the suburbs or the SA3 is, well, what property do we buy in these areas, right? Like asset selection or, or, or how to actually select the right property and Frank with us both being um, you know Australians <coughs> um, your your heritage is is uh, Maltese um, Maltese Italian yeah <laughs> Italian um, and mate you know with with, with your, your background and obviously the, uh, me being Australian everyone it's all the, the house fee apartment debate right like everyone's going house house over an apartment you need to buy land and the land the that's land. A, <laughs> exactly. And it's a very old, it's a very old school thing, right? Because it's, it is. you know, back back in the day, apartments weren't really uh, um, a common, I guess, thing most people lived in. It was probably the the minority, not the majority. Um, yeah. But that debate still lives true to today. There's so many people out there that, that still run the house v apartment um, debate. And, 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 Mate, I think me and you or you and I both know that it's not, not necessarily the case, right? Like the asset selection of, on where you're buying is the most important thing because location does 80% of the heavy lifting, but the asset is the thing that will make, you know, your your property perform better than the marketplace. Um, so, mate, let's talk about let's talk about that the house v apartment debate and, and, and I guess what sort of originated it and then, you know, why we sort of think it's not really relevant right now. Yeah, well, I think it originates back to the uh, the saying, if you like, that land appreciates and buildings depreciate. Therefore, you know, the old school thinking was buy a house uh, on as much, you know, on as big a block of land as possible or even just buy a block of land and, and build on it. Um, whereas, you know, units, uh, you know, the, oh, the building's going to fall down around you, which is, which is not the case, obviously. And like you said, location does 80% of the lifting. So a unit block um, or even a particular unit in a, in a small block of units on a prime piece of real estate, on a prime piece of land is still going to perform well um, and above average in, in the long term. Exactly. And, um, you know, I think we, we go back 20, 30, 40, 50 years ago when there actually was a greater deal of uh, available land because obviously as, as the population grows, the land becomes more scarce and the land has more things built on it and, the, and, 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 you know, they start to build more and more houses and apartments to make areas more dense. But, you know, 20 or 30 or 40, 50 years ago, when there was more land available, it was actually easier to access land and land was actually cheaper um, because it wasn't as scarce. But now as the population's grown and, the areas that we invest in, as we've spoken about, are very blue chip. They're close to CBDs. The populations are very dense. Land is very expensive 
because there's so many people for it and they can build so much on it. Um, so, you know, just, just using the investment strategy of we need to go buy houses, um, unfortunately, not everyone has an unlimited amount of money. And if you're only buying houses and you've only got a certain amount of money, whether that be half a million, a million, whatever your budget is, you're only going to get a house in a certain area depending on where you're buying. You know, a million dollars in Brisbane is going to buy you a lot more than it is in Sydney and a million dollars in Perth and Adelaide is also going to buy you a lot more. So sure, you can buy houses in those, in those places. But when we're talking about areas such as Sydney, such as Melbourne, even, even Brisbane now, um, to, to buy a house in the areas that we advise on and that we think are the best quality locations for investment you need millions of dollars, you know, exactly, and, yeah. and, and for the majority of people, that, that's, that's not the reality of, of life. They don't have millions of dollars to spend on investments. Gotcha. Um, and, and if you still want to be in those premium blue chip locations, close to CBDs and in, in, the, in the SA3s and the neighbourhoods that we've spoken about, you have to have a contrarian way of thinking. Otherwise, it's just not going to be achievable. So, you know, when we look at, Asset selection, we obviously first look at the location and we need to understand the demographic of the person who lives in that location and what they actually want to live in. And that then dictates what property we will be buying in that location. Because what we want to do when we're, when we're selecting an asset is we want to buy an asset or we want to buy a property that the majority of the demographic in that area actually wants to live in. Because if you appeal to the majority of the demographic, that means you've got the most amount of buyers for that property. And if you've got the most amount of buyers, that creates a competitive environment and puts up pressure on prices. Exactly. So, and, and, you know, if we, if we look at that objectively and go, well, okay, um, we, we like locations that are close to CBDs. We like locations that have high affluence, that have high median household incomes, that have a huge scarcity of land. There's no more land readily available. And we've got a budget of, say, 800 to, to a million bucks, which in this day and age doesn't buy you as much as it once did. You go, well, it's to get a house between 800 and a million bucks, if we're talking about Sydney or even Melbourne or even Queensland, like to buy a house and to buy land as such, you have to be at least in Sydney, at least 20 Ks from the CBD. Definitely. And, you know, you look at that and you go, okay, sure, I might get a 400 square metre block. 20k from the CBD for a million bucks, 400 square meters of land divided into a million dollars gives you your square meter rate of the land, how much that land is worth um, per square meter, you know, dollars per square meter. And then we go, okay, well, what is that, what does that money buy me in, say, Annandale in the inner west or Kirribilli or Bondi, for example, for a million bucks? And you might get a 60 square metre, 70 square metre, two bedroom apartment, a few hundred metres from the beach or the water um, in a small block of eight apartments, for example. And, and you know, as we'll talk about in, in, in later episodes, when you buy an apartment, you're actually not buying the airspace of the apartment. You're buying whatever portion you own of the block. So if it's in a, in a block of eight apartments and you own one apartment, you own one eighth of oh, that block. Yeah. That's right, which means you own one-eighth of the land it sits on. So then you go, well, if it costs me a million dollars and the block of land it sits on is, say, also 400 square metres, but I've got to divide that 400 square metres by eight, that's how many square metres you own, and that's how much the land is worth that it sits on. <clears throat> and then you look at it from a growth perspective, 
land will always be worth more per square meter in a premium location than it will be 20 or 30 or 40 k from, from any CBD. And, yeah. and I think, you know, the, the argument is the growth will be stronger on that land as well over long term. So I'd much rather own 50 to 100 square metres of land in, a, in, in the most premium location you can buy in that will only become more premium, more scarce over time than buy a larger portion of land further from the CBD just for that land fee, a house fee apartment debate. Um, so I guess the thing to take from that is it's, it's not really a debate. It's relevant in the terms of where you're buying. So in Sydney, you know, houses are not attainable for the average punter out there who's trying to get, get ahead. Um, but if you look in Brisbane, houses become more attainable and houses are actually what the majority of the demographic in Brisbane want to live in. So if you buy an apartment in New Farm, it's probably going to underperform because, sure, it's obviously a lower purchase price. You've got less people who want to live in it. Um, so for the, the same amount of money. Predominant yeah. property type in that area is probably 80% houses and 20% units, for example. Exactly. Exactly right. So you've got a huge buyer demographic for, for houses. Um, and the same thing in Adelaide and the same thing in Perth and um, you know, but then you look on global cities, you know, global cities like New York, like Tokyo, um, you know, like Dubai, like, you know, that all of these cities that have huge populations and, um, and have a, a huge scarcity to the land, the majority of people who live in those areas live in, in, in apartments oh, or, or condominiums. And high, or, and high density ones at that. Exactly. And they still have incredible growth over the long term. And to buy a house in those in those cities, you know, you're part of the 1%. Mm. Um, and generally, when you get to that level as well, you're talking about houses in the tens of millions of dollars. Um, when things are going really well, you're making a lot of money because when a $10 million home grows by 10%, you're making a million bucks, right? Or 20 million or 30, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, but they're also the most volatile because, again, you've got a small buyer demographic of people who can afford it. So as soon as something shifts in the economy, the top end of the market is usually the market that feels it the most because they're most susceptible to, to economic shifts in, in their businesses and what they do. And there's also a small amount of buyers who can, uh, who can afford to buy that kind of property. Um, so, mate, I think, I think it's super relevant and super important um, that when, when people talk about their asset selection, before they say house v apartment, it's where am I buying? What are the people living in the areas that I'm buying? What budget have I actually got? And, you know, then looking at your asset selection. Um, and, you know, when we talk about asset selection, we talk about location first, Frank, and um, location, the, the fundamentals remain the same, obviously, with what we look for in a location. But obviously, yeah, exactly depending right. on the, the city and the, and the area that you're investing in, the locations will be different. Um, once we've got the location down packed, we go, okay, well, again, when we're buying an asset, when we're buying something that is uh, is going to be for an investment, we want to maximise the, the growth ability. We want to maximise our ROI or our return on investment. Um, so we want to make sure that our asset or our property appeals to not the investors in the marketplace because investors buy with their heads, not their hearts. We want to appeal to the owner-occupiers in the marketplace because owner-occupiers buy for emotional reasons, um, as we've spoken about, and which we'll dive into in further episodes as well. Um, 
And, you know, they're not necessarily worried about saving every dollar because the yield doesn't make sense above a certain level they're buying because it's for a 10-year or 15-year horizon. They're close to the schools and the cafes and, and, you know, the public transport to get into work and it makes their lifestyle a lot easier. So it's location, it's owner-occupier appeal. And the last thing, because we want a thing, uh, we want an asset that outperforms is is the scarcity element or the uniqueness to the property. So what makes that property stand out from all the other apartments or houses um, in the area, um, which again, will appeal to all of those buyers and make all of those buyers more emotional about the purchase, which will make them pay more um, for the property. It makes it stand out and obviously makes it more resilient to the marketplace, right? Of course. Um, Yeah, yeah, so I, I guess, Frank, you know, if we're... Looking at our own portfolios, um, you know, we're, we're diverse in houses and apartments in both portfolios. Um, and, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm at a, probably a, nearly a 50-50 split, to be honest with you, in regards to houses um, and, um, and units. Um, predominantly, the, the units I own are in Sydney, um, and the houses I own are in the likes of, um, you know, a couple in Sydney, but also Brisbane and Melbourne. Um, so like you mentioned, uh, you touched on Brisbane before, um, when I came to invest in Brisbane, I actually went for houses. Um, one, it was within my budget. Um, and two, because of that, uh, houses were the predominant property type in, in the areas I was looking in. Exactly. And, and, you know, I look at my portfolio and it's essentially the same. Um, I've got property in Sydney and property in Newcastle. I've got no property interstate. Um, and when I, you know, when I look at those those properties that I've bought, um, same thing. Sydney, you know, beachside, eastern suburbs of Sydney, their apartments. You know, you compare an apartment versus a house in those areas. Apartments say somewhere between one and one and a half million for the median priced apartment in these suburbs. A house, on the other hand, is sort of three to four million. Um, so again, not attainable for 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 the normal person and. Another thing is when you're buying when you're buying property at you know two three four five million dollars plus the yields become very very slim even though the yields aren't the greatest in these suburbs already they become even slimmer. That's right, um, yeah, and the predominant then, when we look at the stats of those areas, um, you know, we look at what the predominant predominant property type is, and we can see that fifty five or sixty percent of the properties in one of in some of those eastern suburbs are, are predominantly units. Um, even through to the inner west, if you take from Redfern right through to, say, Dulwich Hill, Lewisham area, um, that you're even still starting to get 50-50 split between houses and units in suburbs like that. Um, you start then going further west uh, when you start getting probably into your Croydon, Strathfield and further west of Parramatta and beyond, the, it, it shifts, the ratio shifts and the predominant, predominant property type is uh, houses. Exactly. And, and you know, yet when you look at those numbers, again, it's it's it's... Houses probably take up more of the land in the areas, but it's because you can build so many apartments on one parcel of land that it then evens that um, evens that number out. But then, I, you know, I look at my Newcastle purchases and, um, again, I went up to, to Newcastle when I was investing, classes a regional centre. You think, well, you should buy a house in, in Newcastle because the majority of the people live in houses, which is true. Um, but I use the same philosophy of wanting to be in the most premium location I could be in. And, yeah, you know, that, that's... Beach, your, obviously. Yeah, exactly. Your Merriweather's, your Bar Beaches, Newcastle East, Cooks Hill. And, you know, again, to buy a house in these areas, you're talking millions of dollars and, mm. and, you know, it's just not achievable. So you then flip the card and go, okay, well, you know, if I look at my own property, I've got two, two apartments in the same block in Bar Beach. 
house on either side of the, the block of six apartments that I, I have those in. They're probably worth five and a half to six million dollars a piece each of each of those homes side by side, potentially more in this in this market. You know, and I, I bought two apartments for seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars each. So, mm. you know, I've got one and a half million dollars worth of property in 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 on, a, on an eight hundred square meter parcel of land in a block of six. So I essentially own one third um, of the land it sits on, and, and it's the most premium location you can get in Newcastle, or across the road from the ocean. Um, and it's just not possible to be able to do that um, if you don't have the budget to buy a house. So, um, and, and I, I think another thing, Frank, which is what we spoke about prior to this, was we're not saying that units are going to outperform houses in these areas because that's actually not the case. You know, if you look no. at the numbers, houses will actually outperform yeah. units when, when you're in these areas on a particular area or suburb, of course. Yeah. Yeah, but again, but you're not budget, comparing. It's about everyone's investing budget, isn't it? That's right. You're not comparing apples with apples. If you had $4 million bucks to spend and you had $4 million to spend in one area, then, of course, you probably wouldn't buy four $1 million apartments. You'd probably buy a $4 million home um, uh, from a growth perspective. Obviously, they give you more diversity if you had four and, apartments. And depending on your, you know, your, um, you, how open you were to, to risk. I know a lot of people do, you know, a lot of investors do prefer to split it up. You know, if they had $4 million bucks, they'd put a million bucks in, in four different states. But that comes down to everyone's uh, long-term strategy, I suppose. And risk appetite. Yeah, exactly. That's right. So when you compare a house via an apartment in Zaya Bondi or, or any of the areas we mentioned, then a house is always going to perform better. Like that's a given. But the price point and the entry level to these properties are very, very different. And again, that's that's something people forget. Yeah. Um, so really what we're look talking at. about is a unit in one area versus a house in a completely different area. Um, even even in a completely different region or state, uh, if you like, I know you know we talk to a lot of investors and we say, well, with your budget, you could probably get a unit um, in one of these premium pockets in Sydney, or you could actually get a house on some land in Newcastle, for example. So that makes it really interesting then when you're looking at the data as to which um, which of those have had you know the long term growth. Uh, often they are quite similar. Often you often would look at a unit in the eastern suburbs and go, well, this one's done on average seven percent average annual growth rate, and this house in Newcastle in this particular suburb has done about seven or eight. So very similar, which makes the debate very interesting and the, and the asset selection very interesting as well. Exactly, and it's, yeah, that, that's the thing. You know, you're looking at the the high level data and then the actual data on that specific property on how it's performed over the long term. Um, and yeah, I think just to relay that what you just said, Frank, you know, when you, you've got to compare apples with apples, if you've got a million dollar budget to spend on an investment or $500,000, you need to compare a $500,000 apartment and where that apartment is going to be in comparison to where the $500,000 house is going to be. And then compare the data on those two assets alone, those two locations alone. And it paints a very different picture um, that I'm sure, you know, a lot of people don't don't actually understand and you know frank a house or an apartment or whatever the asset is that performs at say seven to eight percent year on year for 10 or 15 or 20 years or something that performs at five to six percent which may seem like you know a such minuscule numbers it's not <laughs> but it's not it's even funny thousands of dollars millions of dollars in the long term yeah in the 10 to 20 uh, years yes yeah, compounding that gap gets bigger and bigger and bigger so you know, I, I guess we can't stress enough how, how important this is to, to first get the location right, you know, use everything we, we've spoken about in other, in other episodes, 
um, get the get the get the get the micro understanding of the location you're buying into. What are the best streets and what are the best pockets of these suburbs? Again, to make sure that when you start looking at the individual assets or the individual properties inside of these streets and neighbourhoods and locations, you're buying a property that is the best quality property you can buy for your money, um, and that's obviously going to give you um, the the strongest. Uh, you know, potential to, to be able to get really good growth and get really good tenants and have minimal vacancies and, um, again, be able to get you into your next property because you're yeah. going to feel the, the, the effects of compound. And I think that, you know, we're talking about asset property selection now, but it all comes back to our one of our, you know, philosophies fundamentally, which is, which is long-term growth. I mean, there's a lot of talk around at the moment that, you know, I mean, we're in the midst of a national property boom, but that Brisbane is booming and Brisbane's going to be the place that's going to get the, the maximum growth in the next two to three years. And that may be true. Um, so people automatically go, well, why would I buy a unit in Sydney when I could buy a house on some land in Brisbane? Because that's where, you know, the growth is going to be in the next two to three years. And, you know, what I say to people, what we say to people is it's not about the next two to three years. It's about the next 10, 20 to 30 years. And when we look at the historical growth that we have available to us, it's pointing all directions to a unit in Sydney in this particular area versus a house in Brisbane in this particular area. Um, and I'm just using that as an example. Um, but often that is the case, uh, whether it's, you know, Adelaide versus Perth, um, Brisbane versus Melbourne, you know, we look at the data on all of those things and can make a case for one case for one property, property type, whether that be an asset or a house over the other. Exactly. And, you know, we say investing is, uh, you know, using history, and data and all the stuff that you can build a case around to make an educated decision. Um, and speculation is going, well, based on X, Y, and Z reasons that may or may not come true, I think it's going to do this in the future. And I'd much rather bet on history as being a good indicator of the future with property specifically um, than, you know, betting on on potential things that, that may or may not happen. Um, so, mate, I think, you know, that, 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 that's all in all, I think that's a really, really solid um, episode. Obviously, next episode, we're going to talk about, you know, when we're looking at asset selection, we spoke about location, owner, occupier, appeal and scarcity or, or, or uniqueness. Um, you know, next episode, we're going to really dive into um, what makes, whether it be a house or an apartment, what makes either of these things unique or scarce to the area, you know, that it is, that it is in and, and what's going to make that property stand out or make it appeal more to the buyers in that area so you can maximize the growth and obviously you know make sure that you're looking at buying properties that do outperform the standards beautiful 